I'm somebody who's just feeling very stuck in life. Like My father passing for me was a breaking point. I had a lot of fear. Elicinia is a unique psilocybin retreat based in Mexico with a focus on meditation, neuroscience, and brain health. I just had this realization that I was like, I'm the spot. It was magical from the get-go. I mean, it's hard to explain. It almost reinforced to me that my base is a hell of a lot more joyous than I had imagined. We see each other differently. Before going through therapy, it was like picking out negative core beliefs one by one and working on them. But gave me this opportunity to wipe the slate clean and they were just gone. There is a space between that we all have and we can use that space. That's like grieving. I recognized that there was space right now between the anxiety and who I was. And that was power. That was, that was peace. That was like real connection to what it's like to not be in an anxious state. You have made it to the Psilocybin podcast with Tales from Elocinia. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Tony, and she's working through anxiety in a response of infidelity in a previous relationship. Infidelity that happens is so common, and it's something that we feel a ton of shame for. We're diving in today to talk about moving through infidelity recovery as an anxious person and using trust compassion, and gentleness, and how psilocybin can work with this traumatic event in our lives. Tony, thank you so much for coming to the show. It's wonderful to see you again, and I know that it's been two months since you've come to retreat at Elocinia. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what was your original decision in choosing Elocinia and why you personally came? I'd been talking for a year about psilocybin. I'm a researcher, engineer background. I had a business for eight years, retail hearing aids. And I had all my life been dealing with anxiety. When I was about 40, I was going through a divorce. My children were about seven and 11 at the time. And it was causing so much stress that I couldn't sleep more than like five and a half hours a night. And that's when I recognized that anxiety was like a main theme of my whole life. (laughs) And I asked my mother at the time, like, I feel anxious all the time because I was going to get some help with what, what was causing this. And she's like, everybody feels that way. And so that's when I knew that it was like a family pattern. It's just this this normal thing in our family to be completely just always anxious about trivial stuff, how the family is perceiving you, you know, how you're being perceived at work and with great perfectionist tendencies, you know, it's got to be perfect. If you're going to do anything, you do it right. I come from the Midwest. So, you know, there, there was just this overarching theme of uh, being worried all the time and hypervigilant. So I had done a lot of work in this area, but I was reading about the psilocybin and how that was really helping people with PTSD and depression. And although I felt, you know, somewhat balanced in my life, I was in a new relationship and I was still going through these insecure kinds of attachment moments of 
just like panic attacks that were tied to my previous marriage was just struggling so much. And it was going to potentially destroy eventually a, a healthy relationship. I knew I had to do something. I wanted to trust. I knew I could trust myself. I'd been very happy outside of the marriage for two years on my own. And, and then I was in a relationship. Suddenly it all came back. It was like, what the hell is going on here? My partner at the time, since I'd been talking about psilocybin, he had found the Eleusinia retreat, which was awesome. He's a very, very big researcher. I'm a little bit more of a risk taker and spontaneous. And so he had found you guys and said, wow, these guys look interesting. And so then I started listening to the podcast and it just, it was so science backed. It was just such a great fit. I immediately knew that it was right for me. And he's in a job where he's like, he was in a new job even and dealing with a new project. So the timing was the thing that was going to be tricky because we had all these travel plans lined up. And August was the one month where we didn't have any travel going on. And then it, it was going to be travel, travel, travel until January of next year. But at the same time, I'm like, oh God, I was having these health issues pop up, like a cancer screening and nerves in my hands were starting to show neuropathy and all kinds of stuff was just suddenly erupting on my time frame. I associated it with all the stress I was feeling in this relationship. And so I felt urgency to take action. So I pushed for the August time frame, And even though that was challenging for my partner, we made it happen. And I'm so thankful that we did because it's, it's been a game changer. So how would you describe your first experience with the macrodose? Of course, I was anxious about it. <laughs> but when we arrived that night, we had spent the bus trip, you know, in the van with our, the people that we were going to be experiencing this with. And, you know, just a bunch of normal, wonderful people started chatting, getting to know their histories and everything. And then when we arrived, it just felt like we were being welcomed into a family. It was so warm and so well planned out. And Andrew was our tour guide, so to speak, who took us into our bedroom. And it just felt so warm and welcoming. And I just immediately bonded with, with all of you. It was, it was like you knew you were in really good hands, just wonderfully loving and fun people, you know, people like ourselves. That set the mood. I, I really think that you guys emphasized that at the, the next day when we did the macro dose, how important the container space is. Like when you're going to go through this, you, I feel like it's so important to feel safe, to feel like, you know, nothing is, nothing bad can happen no matter what. I mean, I knew that there's no danger in psilocybin. I'd done enough research that you can't really overdose on it. You know, sometimes people will have experiences that are challenging during a hero dose. And that's where my anxiety stemmed from. But all of the education you provided made it feel like it was going to be manageable no matter what. I was just, I felt so calm and so ready despite the fact that this was something that I knew that I wasn't going to have a lot of control over. And, and I think what I've been learning as life goes on here is that control is the thing that I use 
to manage the anxiety. That's what I have been learning. I didn't realize that I was doing it, but it's like, you know, when you have anxiety in, in the type that came with my family, I'm just like hyper vigilant. I just am very tuned in to other people's emotions. And I read body language really quickly, really, it's like breathing. And so when anything's off, I begin to want to help manage that situation, like by bringing more energy into the conversation or bringing less energy into the conversation or making a joke or, you know, empathizing, I, whatever I think is going to help instead of just being who I am and relaxing and letting that other person be who they are. And, you know, letting us both just be authentic human beings. So the control aspect and not being able to control something is extremely terrifying for me. (laughs) And not even, it's not like I'm master planning anything, you know, it's just like my nature. I just like to be in control. I like to know that I can help or, you know, deal with anything. We got some preparation right before And all of the messages I received were about self-compassion and surrender. And that served me as the trip, so to speak, began. It's very intense and, you know, you can tell you're not in control. (laughs) And so I went ahead and heard those words and you were there. I remember Tanya, as I even needed to go to the bathroom And you just helped me, you know, move through that and everything was fine. And then also remembering that this experience doesn't have to be what you want it to be necessarily. It's going to evolve naturally. And if you don't enjoy what's happening, you have options for changing it. I experimented with that as we were, as it came on and I felt completely like I was able to move from one place to another. I was even able to interact with my partner. Everything felt extremely safe. Everybody had a different experience. That was the amazing thing. Some people were really interactive and and experiencing the outside. I just wanted to go into like my own little cocoon and kind of just go away, just experience everything by myself. So eventually I made it into a hammock. I put on the headphones that you guys provided, which was just beautiful music. I merged with the music and, and all these emotions just came out, you know, it was was such an emotional experience. I really didn't experience any visuals that, which was so interesting to me because everybody else is like, oh yeah, neon colors and, you know, such a different thing. But my brain was all about feelings. That whole message of compassion came rushing to me. It was like, at first I started seeing black colors and faces or just different images and it kind of scared me. And so I would open my eyes while I was in my little cocoon and then I would see somebody from the retreat walk by, smile at me. And it was just like, okay, everything's normal. I'm fine. There's nothing weird here. And, and that 
smiling face of Jay, for instance, is one I remember, you know, it, it just calmed me and, and made me feel safe. And so I closed my eyes again. And once again, the black color, I was like, Hmm. So eventually I just was, okay, come on black color. Let's see what this is all about. You know, it's surrender. And it was, it was fine. As soon as I surrendered, it turned into pink. And then I felt like I was forgetting who I was and going kind of away off of the planet and, you know, just like, just relaxing into that. And, and eventually I felt like I was back with my childhood self. Like I remember myself, there was this traumatic memory I have of, I was in timeout on a bench where I just was you know, crying, you know, I was probably just being, you know, managed as a child, a toddler. And my mom always came back when I was crying. And I remember this time she didn't come back and that's the memory. So I don't know exactly. I've never talked to my mom about that, but I remembered her as I was in this emotional experience of compassion and I just started crying. You know, it's like, it's okay. You are safe. I will take care of you. I've got you. Everything is fine. You're, you're beautiful. You're, you're exactly what you need to be. You're, you're just amazing. I love you so much. And so I'd be sobbing basically through all of that. (laughs) And then I'd start to forget again who I was. And, and I got confused at one point. I'm like, am I alive and dying or am I dead? And being reborn or, you know, what is going on? And then it was so funny to me because I'd kind of start to remember, oh yeah, I have a daughter, I have a son and I would let go again. And then it would be funny because I did this cycle so many times that it became like normal. It just felt like, oh yeah, okay. I've been here before and love, compassion, everybody's okay. I don't have to worry about anybody. My daughter's okay. My son's okay. My partner's okay. Everybody's having their own experience. I don't have to worry about them. They're all fine. I can just go off and be in this cocoon and die, you know, which is what it felt like. And everybody's fine without me. It was crazy. Just the relief I felt from that. It was peace. It was complete and utter peace. I journaled afterwards because I discovered you were right. Your ego snaps back into place. You know, everything becomes like you again. And, and then I was just like, oh, I feel so calm right now. There's like nothing going on in my brain. It's still, I feel at peace, but then I could play with anxiety. I could play, I could like say, oh, I can have an anxious thought still, but I don't have to continue with it. I'm not like stuck in it. I recognized that there was space right now between the anxiety and who I was. And that was power. That was, that was peace. That was like real connection to what it's like to not be in an anxious state. And, and so I think You know, it's been so interesting with two months passing by and going through integration still. It's still ongoing. It's crazy. I've 
been studying this, you know, Huberman lab did a podcast on psilocybin. It was an amazing interview with a psychiatrist who is also a neuroscientist. And one of the things that he said in there was that psilocybin, the trip itself is, you know, it, it creates experiences and, and of course our logical, our brains, we make sense out of that. But the mushroom itself continues to work on the brain for quite a long period afterwards. The trip itself is kind of a, a side benefit, if you will, or, you know, whatever, however you want to use it. But the psilocybin continues to work and reorganize the brain for many months afterwards. And so that's what I've been noticing. It's just kind of this continual process of new thoughts and new ideas showing up that are helping me grow into my, an aware, an ability to control my thoughts, I think is really what it is. And to choose. You had mentioned in the beginning that you knew that when this new relationship came into your life, that you were going to sabotage it because you had some residual unresolved trauma from your previous relationship. I want to look at how you are in your relationship now. Like who is Tony showing up as? That's a really good, good point. So yeah, the previous relationship, it was, you know, our family, there's a long history of alcoholism and codependency. I, in my last marriage, had a kind of narcissistic codependent pattern going on there. And there was a particularly traumatic event that involved infidelity, which I'm sure is a common theme for that kind of relationship it caused me to come out of it with a PTSD-like response to my insecurities because it, I, I think it really undermined my belief in myself to know people well, to recognize who is trustworthy and who is not. And so now through the help of therapy, I continue to, to see my therapist. I am now able to stop that, the erosion, the putting the burden on my partner when I have a PTSD episode. Okay. I'll give, give you the story. We were in business together and it had been in the business because he didn't want to be in the business. We had four retail locations and it was a lot to manage. And I didn't have business background. I had the engineering background. I was very good at, you know, dispensing hearing aids and helping people with their hearing, but I was not good at managing a business. So he felt stuck. And so I was pushing him out. I was like, okay, I'm going to learn this business thing and you need to go ahead and do what you need to. And so he went away on a trip and then pocket dialed me on accident, which caused me to, to know that he was out trying to have sex with other women. I listened to this pocket dial experience and that was so traumatic for me. That's where I would, I just, I have this shaking. It's, it's a physical response. And it's, it's like, anytime I think that the person I am with, like, and it's been two years with my current partner, that I don't really know them and that I have once again been fooled 
you know, it's like this physical reaction to that of shaking. So I had an episode like that happen. And the really great thing about it was, and what I've been learning is how to communicate during such a thing is it's more about my feelings. It's not about their behavior, of course. It's more about me just recognizing the feeling, communicating it in a way that is not at, at all put in placing any responsibility on them, but also staying open and authentic so that they know what's going on and th- that they haven't done anything wrong and that I'm not disengaging and, and you know creating trauma for them. And so my therapist has been helping me work through that. And once we came back from the retreat, she's like, oh my God, self-compassion, that is that is central to everything and and letting go and surrendering. And then I, she added one more word to my mantra, which is gentleness. And, you know, it's really easy to, when you're in a state of emotional distress, to just to just, it, it, you don't have, you don't feel in control of, of that and to cling or clutch at anything that's going to help you survive this. <laughs> the mushrooms are helping me. It's creating distance between my emotion and my cognitive thought processes. There's enough distance that I can stop myself from acting in that moment. And that space is where the therapy and the tools that are coming through my therapist are creating more effective results. I'm so grateful that you're talking about this because suffering from the repercussions of infidelity is so common and so many people don't share that trauma because there's so much shame in our culture around this particular thing. And so you took the rite of passage to say, no, I want the relationship that I'm in. I recognize that everyone has a different degree of trauma and it's really hard for us to accept what that degree is, but you were courageous enough to recognize it for what it was, come to the retreat with your partner and move through that. So I really appreciate how you're working with talking about continuing therapy, that you're gaining a lot of space between your emotions and your thoughts and therefore your reactions. But I'm curious about going back to the macro dose. Did you have any insights about how whole you were and how safe you were as well? Yeah, that was the the incredible thing. While I was in this emotion of compassion and then letting go and feeling the lightness of that, I would I was giggling, you know, so I was like crying and then giggling. I was able to love myself so completely that I knew that I was safe no matter what happened in any of my relationships. Wow. And the message I got from Josephina was really pivotal in that. She she recognized that freedom is something I've been in search of that I and and I had this before the retreat. I had like three value words and one of them was freedom. It was so important to me to not just like be free in what I want to do, but to feel free in being who I am. 
and and she was she was like you want this but you don't feel it and that's because you don't have trust and when i heard that i was like wow this woman doesn't know me at all and she just in two words completely summed up my life what i experienced during the macro dose was that trust in my experience and in my connection to all of life in forgetting who I was, it was like, like that is such a small little piece of me. You know, this whole, this whole life here on planet earth, I, I am connected to everything and I am safe no matter what. There's just no possibility of not being safe. I am whole and complete with or without my body. It's a spiritual kind of feeling for me. I am sure that is framed by my upbringing. I was raised a Christian. I believe in a higher power and I feel loved by that higher power. But this was like, I really knew that I am complete and whole. I really, through and through, it, it was just so obvious during my microdose. Wow. Has that continued on in your mini dose sessions? And before you answer that, you know, we talk about cues as to when it's time to dose again. And you do have this specific cue with your relationship, with your PTSD symptoms around trust. So when you start to feel that, does that move you to know when it's a good time to have a dose? Definitely. It was so phenomenal to go through the experience together in the retreat because, you know, he has his own own trauma that he has dealt with in his life. And to be able to work through these things together brings a new depth to the relationship that I've never experienced in any relationship. And I, I don't think he has either. So yes, to, to answer your question simply, we've been doing it together. It's been triggered mostly by Anxiety is definitely part of it for me. So when I am feeling, usually at the end of the day is when I would want to, especially during COVID, I was wanting to have, you know, kind of a nightly drink just to take the edge off of the day. And I'm no longer doing that. I've stopped drinking, which has been such a great thing because my nerves are feeling like they're repairing. My back is feeling better. I had some lower back pain. My health is certainly improving. I, I can feel it. It's, it's such a, a wonderful thing to, to feel empowered, to not really need alcohol to manage my emotions, not needing that every day. So I'm not drinking during the week, but if I do have an anxious day, then I can do a mini dose and just, you know, do some self care and really connect to that, that love and that compassion and that surrender and that enjoyment of my senses. It's, it's, it feels just like a, a real connection to my body again. And it's so, it's so wonderful. And, and then when Brad's enjoying with me, that has been very different, you know, for whatever he's currently going through. He's had, you know, a lot of emotional processing that he's been able to access because of the mini doses. 
we get to talk and share and get to know each other even more deeply as a result. I'm just so grateful. I can't even describe how much it's affected our lives. And, and also, I remember talking on the integration phone call about the hyper uh, connection to honesty. I have been just, you know, so committed to being, I don't feel like it's even an option not to be honest with people anymore. Whereas it used to be part of my anxiety management was, you know, kind of glossing over things that might not be comfortable or, you know, redirecting conversations. Now it's like, I don't want to waste time on things that I am not interested in. I'm have no desire to go to drinking parties at all. I am wanting authentic people who are like myself and wanting to have real conversations and talk about what's going on in the world and how do we all contribute to the solution. You know, it's it's like it's a new level of authenticity and acceptance that I don't have to manage every person and every situation and you know and i i don't have to make every everybody comfortable all the time i can just allow people and the situations to unfold in the way that they are meant to and and that are needed it's a, <laughs> it's a whole surrender it's a surrender letting go and letting be and enjoying where i'm at and when I'm not enjoying it, doing some introspection and figuring out why that is and where's the lesson in that and and just living life in a, a more fluid way, a more allowing it to be and trusting that it is as it should be. So you definitely gained richness in your relationship, one that wasn't there before, and also this gentleness and self-compassion and wholeness for yourself, no matter what. So that's really beautiful to carry forward. If there was someone out there that had moved through similar trauma, do you have any messages for them or encouragement for going forward? Well, first off, when I was going through that, that moment defined a pivot for me because I continued to work on the relationship. I didn't like just exit at that point because there was a lot to resolve. And, you know, the place he was at at that point, he, he could have been very hurtful. He could have further hurt me in finances. You know, there, there, there were consequences if it, if it ended poorly. And I, I, suspect that a lot of people in a relationship like that would be in a similar situation. They may not have the freedom to just end it immediately. And so what I did was start to make my plan for setting boundaries. It, it was a gift really in the long run because it opened my eyes to what was actually happening in our relationship. And and then allowed me to set boundaries. And then when those boundaries were crossed to, you know, eventually exit the relationship. And by the time that that happened through repeated, uh, and, and I have to say the universe delivered an opportunity for him to 
go off to Texas. We thought we were going to move there together because my family's in Texas. And, and I just required him to be happy with me in order to, um, you know, for the relationship to continue. And he, he simply could not do that. He, he was who he was at that moment in time and was not happy with me and was doing things like monitoring me and where I was. And, and so eventually, you know, I was able to say to him in a very loving way, you know, this is just not working and I'm ready for it to end. And he was ready too at that point. And so, you know, the, the message would be, you don't have to take immediate dramatic action. You don't have to like destroy your life in order to, you know, you, you are the best judge of how to, to manage. There are so many people out there that want to help you. And you've got all the information on the internet that you could possibly desire. Just begin one step at a time to find the things that are going to support you and allow you to become your own beautiful, glorious, whole self. And that is completely doable. And you will be amazed once you open your mind and once you start asking the right questions that the answers are going to just be delivered. They're just going to be delivered easily. Thank you so much. I know that's going to hit the hearts of so many people that are struggling in a similar situation. I'm so honored that we got to meet you, that you got to come here and and then later you got to tell your story. And it's so valuable to hear how you continually get to unfold after the fact, after the retreat itself and how it's benefited you personally, emotionally, and in your relationship. I'm just so happy for you and so grateful. Thank you, Tanya. I I love that you guys have are doing this. To me, it's like the universe once again delivering in a way that can help so many people because there's so much pain that we see in the world today. And I just feel like the world is getting more and more polarized. And that if we can remember the message of compassion, of surrender, of connection, of trust, and leaning on each other instead of, you know, the opposite that social media and politics and media in general are steering us towards, that we will, we will all come together. We, we can all come together. It's just, you know, it's, it's going to take some surrender and, and trust. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tanya. And much loved, you guys. I hope to see you soon with the friends. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that the story hits close to home for someone. If you have questions or you think that Elocinia may be a good fit for you or a good fit for you and your partner, please book a free call. It's right on the website, elocineasiloretreat.com. Talk with us and see if it's something that you want to plan for. No matter what happens, we wish you so much compassion on your journey to come.